Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to Sports Charlotte. I am your host, Ashley Mahoney, and joining us today is first-time guest, Charlotte 49ers senior center back, Patrick Hogan. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. And this is, you know, like we're saying, this is something that we've asked Coach Kevin Langan several times. He's a very familiar guest on this podcast, but first time for you. So how is everything going after being able to play the first match back, a nil-nil draw against Duke? At Duke, over 400 days since the last match. How's everything going so far? Uh, It's going great. We were just uh, really excited to get out there for the first time. Um, Our goal was just, you know, get out and play. We had one one match before that exhibition against Liberty. Then the three other exhibitions we had got canceled because of COVID. So we were just itching to get out on the field and um, play a competition against a great opponent. and to get a good result, which um, I thought we did. Of course, you know, the novelty about this season is that the season was pushed from the fall to the spring because of COVID. So everyone who follows college soccer, follows the 49ers, they know, like, you know, this already would have happened. This would be the time, you know, for spring training. So what was it like going through those months during the fall of just constant preparation? I know that um, Coach Langan spoke to it being a lot of individual development during that time period. Yeah, it was tough. Usually the spring is geared towards um, – helping the next lineup get ready for the fall and your individual goals. So having that pushed forward in the fall was definitely a different mindset that you had to take on. And it was just pushing yourself day in and day out, knowing that you weren't going to have games coming up anytime soon was probably the hardest part. Um, but I thought me and a lot of the guys, all the guys actually, did really well pushing each other and making sure training standards stayed very high and the compete level stayed very high. That way we could keep improving every day. And, of course, it wasn't just a matter of keeping the standards high. It was a matter of keeping everyone safe. And, you know, having no positive COVID tests over a number of weeks is, one, tremendous for the program. So congratulations to you guys. But was that something where, as a senior and a leader on this team, you kind of had to hone in on some of the younger guys, like, yes, this is your college experience, but we have to keep it kind of in line, have to make sure that we're taking care of each other so that way we can continue to come out here and train? Yes, it was definitely tough. Um, I don't know if I could have been a freshman during this time period. Um, they've really dealt really well with it. Um, so we've been, we've harped on them all day in and day out, making sure, you know, the weekends come around, they're staying safe. They're staying away from people who aren't living the lifestyle we have to live. We kind of said we have to create our own bubble. Um, like the terms, the MLS and, NBA and all those teams created their own bubble. We had to create our own bubble, but it was harder for us because we still had to go on our day-to-day lives. We couldn't go to a hotel and quarantine away from everyone. So there were some uh, freshmen that kept work, had to stay at home, live at home because they didn't live in the dorms. So they had to make sure that they were staying kind of away from their families, making sure they're doing everything right. And the people in the dorms, I mean, 
we, we would always harp on them. They can't take the elevators, only take the stairs, hand sanitizer all the time, masks on constantly, whether you're on campus or whether you're going to apartment complex and you're just going to your room. So uh, we harped on that a lot. And I think the guys did really well uh, dealing with that. And you can see by the, the no positive cases that we've had so far. And of course, you know, having to take the stairs versus the elevator, I mean, it's just a little bit more, especially after, you know, bringing all the weights out onto the field to create that gym atmosphere. It's like, all right, just did all the squats plus all the weight. Stairs, it's just, it's just a couple more stairs, but with everything, what did you see out of the freshmen? Was it a matter of helping them kind of assimilate faster? And that's something that you saw in the opener against Duke? Yeah, so usually, um, unfortunately for the freshmen, but they usually get thrown in the deep end right away because we have games coming up. So they learn pretty fast what a college season is going to be like. And this was kind of the opposite. They came in in the spring, basically the spring, but it was the fall. And it was a lot about improvement, you know, working. So they were able to kind of assimilate with the group and kind of see where they're at compared to where they should be at or where they need to be at. And um, so they just put their head down and grinded this whole fall. And I think um, it, it's one thing playing. I mean, we hit high numbers when we play scrimmages, but it's another thing under the lights um, against a whole new opponent that you've never played against. Um, it's definitely nerve wracking. I remember my first time going out there. Um, I was extremely nervous. So I think these guys have handled it much better than I would have ever handled being a true freshman, so uh, really big props to them. So we're going to dive a little bit into your story now, and in 2016, you joined the program, graduated from Charlotte Catholic, so Charlotte is, is home for you, and 2016, red shirt, 17, you know, through now, 2021, you have been a, a staple with this program. Why did you decide that you wanted to stay in the area and that you wanted to play for the 49ers? Well, I knew Kev all throughout um, my high school academy days. Um, I knew he was a great coach. I knew what he was about. Um, I knew he was very, you know, hard and strict, um, really maximizing your potential. Um, you couldn't go there and just go through the motions with Kevin Lang. And um, anyone who talks to him knows that he's – He'll push you to your limits and then beyond some. So I knew going there and they had a great program. They're top 20. Where I mean, we're top 15, top 10, top 20 every year. Um, and then previous four years before that, they're in the national championship. So it's a high level division one program and one of the best in the country. And I just wanted to see if I could compete with that. And I wanted to be on a team that was all about that. And, of course, you came in, and at the time, Callum Montgomery was part of this program as well, went on, was drafted by Dallas. And this seems to be a program that produces very strong caliber center backs. What has your journey been like in this position, or what are some areas that you're looking to kind of fine-tune throughout your senior season? Yes, yeah, so it was great working with Callum. He, I learned a lot um, working with beside him and under him my freshman year, learning from him and Currently, Lukey Walker, who was the fifth-year senior when I was a freshman. Um, you can learn a lot just taking that redshirt year, what you should do off the field, 
let alone on the field, how you should hold yourself, uh, different aspects of the game that you might, like that I did not know when I was playing in high school that you should really worry about. Um, and then Kevin being an amazing coach, especially for defense. He played defense his whole career and defensive center mid. So um, he definitely knows what he's doing. So just taking in information from him all the time, trying to improve, um, has definitely helped my game. I think this season, um, it's kind of commanding the back line, helping, helping out the guys in front of me and um, next to me to, you know, do the right things, encouraging uh, constantly. I, me and Kevin have been talking a lot about um, some of the Premier League captains who are able to um, nonstop encourage the whole game, 90 minutes, just saying good, a good job goes a long way in the game for uh, a player's confidence. And we obviously we want them to be confident on the ball and without the ball. So um, fine-tuning that for my game, I think, is the next step for me um, to help this team excel and succeed. Is there anyone specifically whose game you're trying to emulate yours after? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I, when I'm watching soccer, I'm usually watching um, most, like all the center backs, whoever's playing that game. But there is um, a player on Brighton for the Premier League. His name's uh, Lewis Dunk. He's, he's very simple. He takes defending to heart, which is kind of my strong suit. I'm not really the strongest ball-playing center back I can play. But um, my main threat and my um, expertise would be defending, and he's extremely simple on the ball and loves to defend, loves to put his body on the line, block shots, uh, do everything he can to help his team win. And he's a very commanding center back, encourages everyone, and um, I kind of want to emulate my game after that. Well, kudos for not saying the the obvious names of, you know, Virgil van Dyke pre-injury. and oh, yeah. no, no one wants to say Harry Maguire or Victor Linderloff oh. right now. Not not after a, a draw against West Brom over the weekend. That's... Um, I don't know. That's, yeah, I pride myself on defending, so um, I, I love to see that. So. Mm-hmm. And I, well, what, what was the once upon a time moment? What are your earliest memories of playing the game? Oof. Um, I remember my dad was our my coach. Me and my I have a twin brother, and um, we would always we since five four. Um, we used to, we loved playing soccer, and he took us to a YMCA, uh, YMCA Siski, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And he was the coach, and I remember we would go out there, and we just loved playing. Uh, and we actually did extremely well. We just kept moving up age groups. And it was just fun. I was actually a forward at the time, believe it or not. Uh, Love scoring goals. Uh, it was just fun. It was carefree. Not that it's not carefree now, but um, it was extremely fun. And having your dad as a coach, he obviously would push us harder than most kids, which I think definitely helped me in the long run. I can definitely relate to that as someone who played for her dad for a number of years. And uh, the way that you describe uh, Coach Langan, I'm like, yep, that sounds like a benevolent dictator. Played for one, you know, most of, most of my life. But you mentioned that you have a twin brother. What is his name? And is he still playing as well? Uh, his name is Michael Hogan. I call him Mike. Um, he actually had two knee surgeries. Uh, unfortunately, he actually... Um, 
towards ACL, MCL, all the ligaments in eighth grade um, playing basketball. And because he was so young, he wasn't able to get surgery because it would have affected his growth plate and it just was like it couldn't happen. So he ended up having to wait and that kind of like hurt his, uh, he kept popping out and in and out of place, his knee, and it was just like a whole bad thing. Um, so he he plays with his friends sometimes, but it's it's no competitive um, game, I'd say. So that mantle's been uh, carried by you for yeah. all all these years, and in high school, with of course you know the notable clubs or the larger clubs in the area at the time are of course you know charlotte soccer academy especially with their facilities in the pineville area but as well as you know other clubs you know lake norman discoveries and so forth so where did you play your academy games growing up i played at charlotte soccer academy okay so that's of course you know a program that has gone on to produce you know fellow um, players who will be joining you all joining the program you will have gone on to bigger and better things but what what is next after you know um, graduation is here it's come and gone what what is next what is the um if we had a crystal ball if we had a crystal ball i wouldn't have said that we'd still be in a quarantine of sorts yet here we are so what does the hopeful future have on the horizon for you um i do want to play professional soccer uh, whether that's MLS or USL, I uh, obviously I want to play MLS soccer. I want to play at the highest level I can can possibly play. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this season to help boost uh, me to help eventually play in the MLS. And I'm um, I'm not ready to hang up the boots yet. So uh, I I look forward to playing at the next level. And of course, there's, um, well, you knew I was going to ask about this at some point with the, uh, shall we call him a hometown hero? Would Brant be uh, approving of that sort of area, So I don't know if he's... Uh... So you would be the true hometown hero and be like, look, everyone knows that he came in, His he was announced as the third signing of Charlotte FC on his wedding day, no doubt, to former... 49ers women's soccer player Rebecca Baby now Rebecca Bronico but to be able to see that happen just down the road and of course when he was drafted by Chicago a few years ago was it like all right this is a player who's gone on done it and that's nothing new for this program but to have him be the first to come in and sign with this club which everyone has to wait until 2022 so kind of works out instead of them starting the season is that where your focus is on of course you know whichever opportunity presents itself but would the dream be playing for the hometown club just minutes away from where you grew up oh it would be definitely a dream come true to play in in my hometown um close to my parents uh close to a lot of my friends uh and previous coaches that have helped me get here and uh, obviously Kev, uh, so he can give me some a few pointers after every game. Of course, um, no, it would be it would be a dream come true, um, no doubt. And Brant, I know Brant's extremely happy. His home, Charlotte. He spent four years here helping um, 49ers and this program. So um, definitely, uh, congrats to him. And I'm looking forward to uh, watching him play. 
Of course, you know, there's something about, you, you mentioned Luke Wichter as well as, you know, Brent Callum. This is a program that, you know, players don't just come in and play a couple of seasons and head on their way into whichever professional level or league it happens to be. These are players who go through, get their degrees. Some go on to even get a master's and so forth while they're in this process. Is that something that's kind of attractive about this program saying, all right, you'll have that opportunity to play really high-quality soccer, but you're also going to have the education side taken care of. Oh, absolutely. Um, that was another big thing. I mean, I feel like um, Charlotte um, and our the 49ers and this whole school, we're, we're a blue-collar school. It's what we like to call ourselves. So um, we love to dig deep and work extremely hard. We might not, you know, to the business world, 49ers might not be the, the big name, but um, our work ethic it cannot be explained. Um, we put our nose to the to the ground and we work, and I think that shows on the field, but that also shows in the classroom. Um, we actually just got an award for having a 3.65 GPA among all the um, players on our team, highest male uh, GPA. So we're extremely hardworking, and I think that shows in the classroom and on the field. And whether you want to play professional or you want to go in the business world, uh, the work ethic that our culture provides and instills in each other, I think, definitely shows uh, later, on, later on in life. So what are you studying while you're at Charlotte? So I actually graduated, and I'm in, currently in the master's program here. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I graduated uh, last semester, um, and I'm currently in the data science and business analytics master's uh, program. So you're set either way, whether it happens to be you know a long career in MLS or USL, or saying you know what, I've got this master's to fall back on. It's it's not a bad trade off. Exactly. So did you graduate with a bachelor's in? Uh, I graduated with a bachelor's in business analytics. So my master's is kind of just honing those skills and um, fine-tuning them, really. Not a bad way to spend the the spring semester. If, you know, everything had to go this way, you've got one degree done. You're working on another. You get to enjoy playing in your senior season, but you're doing it. I I say but not in a negative connotation, but you're doing it with someone behind you who isn't Elliot Panico. And that, of course, when he graduated, went off, was drafted in the MLS by Nashville, everyone's saying, all right, he's kind of been, you know, the, the backbone. Like, you knew who was going to be in goal for this program for years. And then it became a, well, who's next? And, of course, the starter for the Duke game was Clemson transfer Daniel, how do you say his last name? Who's Mecca? Who's I'm, I'm sorry, Daniel, if you're listening to this. I promise by the time we have you on this podcast, I will know how to say your last name. But what is it like having someone brand new back there? Yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Um, I think Daniel and um, another 50-year senior like me, Austin Mullins, um, they're neck and neck with the spot. Uh, Daniel obviously played incredible against the Duke game. Uh, it's definitely been a new experience not hearing uh, Elliot yell in my ear uh, constantly. Um, he was a great friend and a great mentor, um, not just on the field but off the field. So it's definitely a different experience not having him back there. But um, a new experience is a new challenge, and um, I think 
whether it's Austin or Dan, I think he'll be a good fit back there. And of course, you know, he earned Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week, and now we have to dive into the accolade side of things. So I'm going to read off some stats about you, which, of course, we know, 2016, true freshman year, red shirt. Then we're going to jump forward to 2018, five goals, 2019, four goals. You started 53 of your 54 games for the 49ers, and you were part of a defense that only allowed 14 goals in 2019, which we say 2019, it feels like a lifetime ago, but really, it's just last season. So last season, and that led Conference USA, produced eight clean sheets. Four of those clean sheets were in conference play. Three goals were allowed in conference play, which is quite an accomplishment. But now, all of this has, of course, earned you numerous accolades over the years, including being named to the Mac Herman Trophy watch list, one of 34 players nationwide. So when you think about that award, what, what comes to mind or who comes to mind? Um, definitely the team, honestly. I mean, I couldn't do it without the team, especially the players around me. Uh, I don't think... Um, it, it's not just one person, especially in the back four. Uh, it's the keeper. It's our Luke Johnson, Delossi. It's our outside backs. It's my fellow center back, Sean Suber, Cal, when he was here. It's the two center mids that sought most of this, rough up most of the stuff in front of us. Um, it's the forwards chasing down Moscow's as the goalkeeper, uh, making big time saves when he needs to. It's, it's the whole team. Um, I'm definitely, super excited and glad I could have that accomplishment but there's no way I could do that without uh, my team or the coaching staff that has helped us. So of course this is something that won't be announced for a number of months. Is it something that's kind of in the back of your mind or is it something that you just say you know what treat it like it's any other season the award doesn't exist and just go from there? Absolutely yeah um, it's definitely not in my mind. I'm Obviously, it's really exciting to be um, in that list, and it's definitely a great accomplishment, but um, it hasn't been decided yet, so uh, you can't really think about that. Uh, just like you don't want to think about rankings and where we are, it's just one game at a time. Uh, just keep trying to improve, and uh, things will fall into place is what I always try to try to think about. Well, we will certainly be here to harass you as things continue on throughout this season. But the the off-the-field side of things, of course, we love to harass you about the game. But whenever that next step comes and you take your adventure toward bigger and better things, people are going to say, all right, so who is Patrick Hogan? What, is he, what does he like to do aside from soccer? So tell some people something about you that has nothing to do with the game. Or if you're like me and everything has to do with the game, that's fine, too. Um, sorry, say that again. It uh, kind of broke up. Oh, no, you're fine. So what is something about you that you like to do that is completely unrelated to soccer? Um, I do like to play golf. Um, I think it's extremely relaxing. I'm not the best at it, uh, so it can be definitely frustrating at times. But I, I like to get out on the course. It kind of calms my head, and, and um, it's extremely fun when you – a lot of the guys play golf on the team, so going out with them is, is a great experience. And um, my brother, my dad both play golf, um, so that's extremely fun. Um, I do like uh, watching movies. <laughs> I'm a big movie guy, as uh, many of my friends know. So, um, yeah, those are 
probably the two biggest things. Favorite type of movie? It's definitely action. No question. Any no question. good action movies coming up that you've got your eye? Well, I mean, no movies are truly coming up, but what, what are some of your favorites? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm big into the Harry Potter series. Contrary to a lot of people's belief, I think they're amazing. Um, I do enjoy um, all the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, and the, the, that's a new one coming out that I'm pretty excited about. Um, me and a couple of guys on the team, you know, we go through uh, the Fast and Furious together. And uh, we're pretty, like, we've seen the last two that come out. So we're pretty excited about this new one. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really have a favorite besides besides those. Pretty, pretty good choices to have, but you mentioned the golf side of things. Preferred club, and where is your favorite course? Well, that's a good question. Um, so I've only played on a couple course, courses. I think um, I played on Pine Lakes. I, I used to be a member at Pine Lakes Country Club, which is kind of over in Mint Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I grew up on that course. I, that's, I learned how to play golf on that course. So I, I think that's my favorite course, to be honest. And I would say my driver. Um, it's the best probably, one. It's the most fun. Just crush it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Putting is by far my least favorite. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I don't have the, the putting touch. But uh, driver, I, I like to just smash it. I'm, I'm not so much a fan of the wedge. I mean, Chip, Chipping and I are kind of, we're kind of getting there. Like, we're friends yeah. now. We're not best friends, but we're definitely closer than, um, than putting. But I mean, the driver's just, it's the best. It's the most fun. Putting the hardest. Oh, yeah. the hardest. Oh, yes. All, all about that short game. But in the meantime, in between time, keep up obviously the fabulous progress with the golf game and much success with the rest of the season. Interesting as though it may be. And, of course, always thank you for your time and for letting us bug you on this episode of Sports Charlotte. Hopefully we'll have you on again at some point in the not-too-distant future to discuss whether it's heading toward national championship or the next phase in your professional steps, but whatever it may be. I'm just putting those things out there now. Let the universe take care of it. That was really cool. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Absolutely. Well, hey, everyone, make sure that you head over to the charlottepost.com slash news slash QCFC. That's where you get all your Queen City V Football Chronicle content. Why football? Well, because I'm stubborn and I insisted on calling it football instead of soccer. But that's another episode for another time. And you can always sign up to our news for our newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Now that 49ers men's and women's soccer is in season, you will get not just Charlotte SSC and Charlotte Independence content. You get all sorts of fabulous 49ers content every week. So go do that. Patrick, again, thank you. And until next time, I am your host, Ashley Mahoney. Thank you for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.